0: I'm Les Miles, and this is Less is More. You know, as as time goes, there are different Uh, events that affect your life. And uh, we had a very significant one affect our lives here in Baton Rouge. And we had a uh, a caller call in and ask a question and we,
1: we think we'll lead with that. Hey coach, it's Paul from Thibodeau. Um, My question is with Wade Sims uh, passing, I'm curious to know what you think the biggest trial is for the Baton Rouge kids and athletes that attend LSU and the environment that some of these kids are brought up in, um, it's unfortunate that, you know, these kids are domesticated into this world of, um, thinking that killing is okay because his fight was unfair and, you know, um, how does that hit you? and, and, I know how it hits me as a as a person and as a human, and I'm just curious of how and what you think the solution is, you know, and help others understand the mindset that some of these players get, you know, and how do you mature them from the stinking thinking, you know, to becoming, you know, men of the community. I, I would appreciate it uh, if you can help shed some light on that. Um, it's really a sad day for everybody, whether you knew them or not. Um, it's just, it's tough.
0: Thanks. I think he makes a great point. The, uh, direction that you give these young men, uh, here was a guy that was a starter on the basketball team at LSU. He was a great player in high school at, uh, the U high Cubs. Um, my children all knew him. My son played basketball, Manny played basketball with him. And, uh, it's tragic it's uh, you, you you wished that the old days of a fist fight that ended in a bloody lip would, could come back and uh, we all look back how we were raised and, and, and what led us into the trouble or what le- what let us out and I uh, my father used an old proximity says if you go out X number of times on Friday night and you stay out till two o'clock and you come back in, some percentage of the time you're going to run into trouble less. And, and it's that time that you have to re, you have to respond to be smart. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told the, uh, LSU Tigers and I, and the teams that I was, I was fortunate to coach. I said, you know what? Look around the room. You are the biggest, baddest dudes in the city, period. And you don't need to prove it. If somebody goes to punching you, run. If somebody is, is going to talk crap to you, it just no one buys it. You look in the mirror, you big strong, 270 pound, 260, 230 pound, 200 pounder. If you're in a football meeting, you are the baddest dude in this city. Do me a favor. Recognize that. Don't fight to prove it step away and run. And, you know, I've said that a bunch. I've never heard one guy hear that warning and then tell me a story of how this happened in Iran because, you know what, there, you, you teach them courage too, but you don't tell them to use your courage in a fistfight because you want them to come home. You want them to come home and see mom and dad. You want them to come home to see brothers and sisters, and you want them to come home. I'm, I told my sons, I'm going to tell them again, run, don't, don't get involved. It's, it's, it's an ugly thing to say, but it's a, it, it's the right thing. You know, call the police, tell the police, run, call the police. They'll come, they'll, they'll handle it. They'll, you know, everybody still wants to handle and have their own brand of justice. You know, you punch me, I punch you. And and, and then. Who knows? Wade Sim, we miss you. And it's a sad day for everybody in this state and anybody that knew you. God bless. First of all, let me introduce Rich Hewlett. Rich Hewlett was a great quarterback at the University of Michigan and uh, an athlete and a, and a contributor in, in uh, on the field as well as in spirit and love for the program. Huglet, nice to hear you, babe.
2: Yeah, thank you, Les. We're on our way back from the, the Michigan game.
0: How about a 17-point lead for the Northwestern team and uh, Michigan comes roaring back to take the uh, lead very late in the game. Um, what did you think? How, how did how did the uh, how the Wolverines uh, respond on the road behind? Well, it was
3: it was a great comeback. I I read somewhere it was our third third best comeback in the history of Michigan football. Uh, give Northwestern a lot of credit. They're coming off a bye week. They had a great game plan, uh, offensively and defensively. That first half, uh, that first quarter, they gave us fits. And uh, we made some good adjustments in uh, the second quarter, and then we continued to get better uh, that second half. Uh, but it was a hard-fought game, a dogfight. You know, it was a hostile crowd, a great Northwestern crowd. There's a lot of Michigan people there. Uh, but Northwestern was ready for us, and uh, we were going to take their best punch. And their quarterback played an excellent game, uh, threw the ball well, uh, threw it into spots, and it... It took everything we had to to make that comeback. But the good thing was uh, I thought that we uh, hung in there. You know, there were chances there where, you know, you could fold your tent, especially on the road in the Big Ten, and we didn't. We hung together. Uh, We made plays when we had to. It was a really – it was a true team effort. Every guy uh, out there contributed, you know, and and whether it was special teams, our offense came together – Higdon ran for over 100 yards. Shea Patterson had a nice job, did a nice job that second half, extending plays and uh, picking up some some huge first downs with his feet. Uh, Some of our guys made some catches, crucial catches, and and defensively, we really uh, we really from that second quarter on, we really clamped down. So they had 17 unanswered points, and we came back with 20 unanswered points. So uh, it was a it was a win where it was not extremely pretty on Michigan side but it was one that unified the team and I think it showed great emotion and passion and I think this one's going to serve us well going into this tough stretch that we have in October. What I do you think Rich.
0: I, yeah. I I I I jumped in there. I agree. I think I think that I think all those things, I think the experience on the road will be just yeah. what they need. But yeah. I can tell you this. They didn't make a play in the second half. I mean, that that michigan defense just stymied them i mean just absolutely stymied them there was no um there was no chance that that uh, if if they make three first downs they win a the game correct i yep. mean i mean just think about just think about the the precarious position that we were in and how well our defense just they just stepped in there they couldn't run it they couldn't throw it they, they had to punt it. They couldn't run it. They couldn't throw it. They had to punt it, and it's just—it was just exactly what Michigan needed. What do you think,
3: Rich?
2: Well, I—I I thought the same thing. You know, Les, in the last twenty games, you know, the the team—we've had some tough losses, some real close, hard-fought losses. And you know, after the game, when John and I saw our kids come out and some of their teammates. I mean, it felt differently. Uh, the kids were extremely fired up. They said uh, Coach Harbaugh and the staff was fired up. I mean, this could be the kind of game that they could build on as they get uh, ready to head down. You know, a pretty heavy stretch of games. So it was, it was really a, a, a great team win, as Johnny said, and um, and this could be something that might help turn their season around. You know, that that turns out to be a real pivotal game for them.
0: I agree. I got two quarterbacks riding in the car. This next question I got is kind of a uh, pertinent storyline from this weekend. Clemson had a uh, had two starters, and they were looking and making a decision on Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant. And uh, what happened is is they picked Trevor Lawrence. Kelly Bryant Bl- Kelly Bryant um, transferred. New redshirt rule. Um, he can leave kind of immediately, only play in four games, and transfer. Um, during that that next game, the the starter, Trevor Lawrence, gets concussed. He takes very serious contact, and uh, they take him off the field. Um, and now there's a kind of a pinch. You know, Kelly Bryant, they're... Their second, first slash first quarterback has just transferred, and and now Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Sw- at uh, Clemson, is making a decision. Right, he says, because um, I saw two clips. I saw one clip where he said, "I would love to have him. You know, if he wanted to come back, we'd certainly we'd take him back." And and then I saw one where he said, "I just want to talk about." the players that played in the game that, you know, that you could see and played a very tight game uh, and played for victory. And I didn't realize and I didn't get the feel for which of those came first in reality, but uh, it'd be really interesting. First of all, concussion, you don't know what the protocol will be and you don't know if it'll be 10 days, a week, um, two weeks, you have no idea, and uh, but so then a uh, a a KG Clemson team turns to their third quarterback in a very tight game against Syracuse, a, uh, a program that's really on the rise, and they play down to the last drive. It ends up being a 94-yard drive where the third quarterback. Uh, Chase Bryce takes him 94 yards and with 41 seconds remaining uh, hits the uh, game winner. And uh, and that was their third quarterback. So it, it's very obvious to me that uh, that shows some strength in recruiting, the fact that you have three quarterbacks that could win a conference game for you and three quarterbacks – that probably for the first time that third quarterback got second quarterback rep. Does it show that you have a very quality view at the quarterback spot? Because you just had your top two quarterbacks, one um, get concussed, one transfer leave. And then now you're looking at number three and you could be a starter for the next two weeks for that matter. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is I think that's a hell of a position to be in and to show that you've recruited extremely well to have a third team quarterback, be able to step onto the field, drive at 94 for the game winner.
3: Yeah. I mean, the fact that they have a guy who is a third team guy, uh, and I believe all their quarterbacks on their roster now are freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Um, That obviously shows they've done a great job stocking that position. Uh, Very similar, if you remember Ohio State a few years ago, uh, when Cardell Jones stepped in as the third quarterback uh, and won the Big Ten championship game form as well as the national championship game. Uh, I think it shows that at that position in college football today, you better have three guys ready. It's not just two, it's three. And you better have a couple young guys in the wings who you're probably going to technically redshirt uh, or, or want to redshirt, but who are developing over the course of a year. And, you know, if something were to happen to those three, because there's been situations like in Maryland uh, last year uh, where they were down to their fourth or fifth quarterback. So, um, yeah, you, you have to stack that position. And I think the hard thing in recruiting – is when you get a big time guy like a Trevor Lawrence or right, it, sometimes it scares away some other kids for, to come there and to compete some other, you know, top quarterbacks. It seems like that's the way it is, you know, where back when Rich and I played, right. Uh, you know, we didn't really know who was going to be in the class and we just came and if another guy, a four star or a five star showed up then you just competed. And, um, it's just a different deal with these rules, and I personally don't like to see a guy leave like that in the middle of the year. Uh, it sends a terrible precedent. I don't know all the situation, but, you know, you know I, and, and Rich can speak here, you know, we both could have left a 100 times when things didn't break the way we wanted and we didn't get to start when we thought we should have been. And, uh, but you stick it out, and, you know, things have a way of working out. Um, may not may not be perfect, but you know how do you leave your teammates like that? And, you know is, is, in, in my opinion, because obviously uh, Kelly Bryant would have been in the game had he not decided to to leave. What do you think, Rich? So
2: so that's a, a good point. unless John and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, this very question. So when when I came to Michigan, my freshman year, we had twelve quarterbacks on the roster.
0: oh lord yeah
2: my freshman year and just you know and john's point about you just kind of put your nose to the grindstone and you keep working and you kind of chip away at it and then you know eventually you, you try and get to the position where you're playing but as a coach what is your view then of this rule i mean so here's a kid that's been there for what at least well, was it four years he's been there at Clemson? You know he's he's played really good football for them, and you know he's he's a leader on the team. You expect him to be there, is you know to finish the year, and then all of a sudden this kid could leave you after four weeks. And and what happens not only to your team, do you think, as a coach, but you know does that how does that kid interact with the team the rest of the year? If that Trevor Lawrence kid can't come back and Clemson, you know, ends up not having a, the kind of year that they think they could have, then you've let your teammates down and you've let your classmates down. And what, what's your view of that lesson and the rule and how that can impact the team?
0: It's the, it's the millennial, right? In other words, that guy that uh, has to have a, an immediate, um, you know, an, an answer. You know, I, I, I want to play. I, I want to play in the NFL. I want to demonstrate my ability to play so that I can be drafted in the NFL, maybe even in a, in a high spot. Um, I, I, you know, it's a, it's, especially it's an acute position because there's one of them that goes on the field. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, you mentioned Ohio state earlier, John, um, Joe Burrow is maybe, and I'm watching him play at LSU, I think he could be a first-round draft pick. I mean, he can throw the ball. He's just a physical man, and he can run fast enough to run the ball. So, I mean, to me, you know, here's here's a coach like, you know, obviously the uh, Urban Meyer who's got a plethora of – quarterbacks and this guy says, Hey, listen, I'm, he was Mr. Ohio in football. He says, Hey, I got a, I got a transfer. Somebody's got to see that I can or cannot play in the NFL. And, and to me, it was a, I think it helped certainly helped LSU and certainly helped Joe Burrow. So as an example, there's a very positive for the rule for the player. As the coach, you like to count on the guys that you, that you have. In other words, just like you said, you know, Kelly Bryant, we prepared you. We, we gave you spring reps. We gave you fall reps. We gave you what was the beginning of camp reps, put you in a position, okay, here we go, we're, we're competing in these four games, we're going to pick a starter thereafter. After that, Kelly Bryant says he's out of there. All of those reps – could have gone to that third quarterback. All those reps could have prepared him to play where Kelly Bryant was going to make a quick exit. So as as a coach, it's very difficult. But I can tell you this, if I got a job in football, Kelly Bryant would be a guy. I watched him play at uh, the A&M game, uh, Clemson versus A&M at A&M, and he can play there isn't there's no question about it that he is a a tremendous uh dual threat quarterback he can throw it and he can run it so i uh i would take him and uh uh i i guess uh it kind of got off subject there but <laughs> felt like maybe if there was an extra quarterback around and if an extra job around i'd like to take both so <laughs>
3: uh I just don't, I I don't know. I don't know how you do that to your teammates, okay? I I really don't. If you're Kelly Bryant, look, at as a quarterback, you're one play away. And the odds are over the course of a year, somebody's going to get nicked up. And, you know, I guess maybe it's an old way of thinking, right? But, again, you know, you hang in there and things seem to work out. Okay, maybe not immediately, but... I guess to me, there's a responsibility or a commitment to a team or a program or a coach or your, you know, your teammates or your school that you need to honor. I'm not saying don't do what's in your best interest.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, but but like Joe Burrow, I mean, I mean that that's the the perfect um, player view. He's he's behind all these guys at Ohio State. He's he's the third quarterback. He's there's no there's no move. There's no contact. There's no uh, you know nobody's stepping him into a position where he gets to play. So they wouldn't got you know they wouldn't got a guy that that was not being you know used. I uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is is you're right when it comes down when when the team needs that guy and. And or even if, if one year, if he was really going to get an opportunity to be the starter for a year, you you'd like to think that they could stick around for that. but if I, I get it in the middle
3: I get it maybe after the season is, but in the middle of the season, really?
0: Well what I mean, they're, what they're saying is is they can't play in, beyond four games. So if they've played in four games, they can't go onto the field anyway, so you can sit there and and practice all you want. But if you're really not going to play, is that your teammates need to know? Your teammates need to know that you're going to step away. You know from you know wasting the year in your mind.
3: Yeah. Well, it it, uh, it will be interesting if in fact he were to come back to Clemson, uh, that would be a whole new dynamic, I would think, and uh, I guess
0: stay tuned
3: because it's a brave new world.
0: Well, how about this one? Jalen Hurts is, is the back – he was the starting quarterback for a national championship team, and now he's the second-team quarterback he is a teammate. He is the guy that's staying with them. They're going to win or have an opportunity to win yet another national championship. Jalen Hurts can play a significant role. Certainly if if uh, uh, Teow were to get hurt, then certainly Hurts would go in. But in any event, you now know that you have two great quarterbacks to Really go through the season. Somebody gets an ankle sprain. Somebody gets a, 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 a little nick on their shoulder. Certainly, you have a, a really a, a one. I would I would be willing to guess that the the schools, in the sound of my voice, whoever it would be, ninety plus percent would take Jalen Hurts right now. Period. Just forget it. Okay, and in other words, he could have transferred. Anywhere, but he wanted to be with his team, with his teammates and a team that had a chance to win a national championship. So I, uh, I, uh, there's, there's the other example, John. In other words, there's, there's a guy who's elevating the experience of being at Alabama greater than um, going and finding a place where I'm going to be guaranteed an opportunity to play the entire game, which
3: I which I have the highest respect for, right? I, I really do. I, I, I guess I can see it both ways, but to me, what Jalen Hurts and, and he's the kind of guy who who I'd rather have on my team.
0: One big game that's going to take place in the Big Ten Conference in a uh, a whiteout at Penn State, which is a very difficult place to play, and then under the whiteout conditions. Certainly everybody in the place was making a lot of noise. And Ohio State uh, came into that, uh, to that uh, environment and played well. Um, a uh, second, second year in a row that they won by one point, as I recall. So uh, you guys uh, um, want to share some opinions on the, uh, the Bucks versus the uh, Penn Staters? Well, I, you had the, the two top-ranked
3: offenses in the country going at each other, and as you mentioned, Les, uh, that environment is extremely, extremely difficult. And Ohio State, uh, to their credit, uh, they never uh, they never really flinched. They uh, they kept you know they kept their poise and composure, and you always had a feeling. I did at least, watching that game even when they were down what, by 12 points or whatever it was with, with seven minutes left that Ohio State was going to gonna mount and be there at the end in a position to win the game and, uh, you know, with Haskins uh, and their two running backs, uh, they made some huge plays, you know, the big receptions there. I mean, they, they are a very, very talented football team. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily, uh, you know, have to rebuild much, they reload. And that thing is stock. And you talk about backups, you know, they were playing without Bosa, the backup came in and played a great game defensively. And, you know, this is a talented Penn State team. You know, McSorley is as good a quarterback as there is in the Big Ten. And what they did, and, you know, I'm sure there'll be some talk about that fourth down play call that they ran and, and were stopped at the end there, but that was uh, two heavyweights, uh, arguably, you know, two, two of the best teams in the Big Ten uh, going at it, and, and nationally, you know, it's a, it's a credit to our, that Ohio State program. Uh, they continue to win and keep rolling and, and they don't seem to flinch. So uh, Okay, here you go, NFL, John.
0: Okay, here you go. You got fourth down and five or six, and you call two timeouts to get a play call.
3: and then you run. And then you do a run. Then you run and that
0: now, play. Uh, now, 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 Let me just. Here's here's the question is is do coaches overthink the position? I can promise you this. Here's here's kind of what happened. Okay, um, that Ohio State defense can run. Simple zone dog, get you a, a, a nice spot to zone block against and climb to the second level and just squirt out of there, okay? So in other words, they called an inside zone, and they were expecting movement so they could zone it off, and that ball would squirt through a nice clean hole, and I can just see timeout. Let's, let's talk about this again because – this is the this is the play. This is the down. Four two. You can take your two timeouts. It's and we just got to get it right. But uh, you know, it, it's it's five yards or so. A throw. I mean, I mean, a good comfortable throw in the zone pressure or a good comfortable throw in. I mean, you you have an opportunity to gain f- five yards with a throw, and you have to hit the run right because if it's the wrong stunt. If you have not predicted the blocking scheme and told your offensive line this is what it's going to be, then it's a mistake. So uh, what you, would you guys think? Well, I'm going to say something
3: and I'm going to give it to Rich, but we talked about that. And and I'm going to go back to a simple rule, okay? When you're in that situation, I think you put the ball in your best player's hand and let the fate be decided by him, especially when it's the quarterback. Especially when you have a quarterback like McSorley, who can run or pass, and I think you give him that opportunity to you call a pass where he's on the move, and if it does everything breaks down and Gray's covered, he has an opportunity to pick up the first down with his feet. That was my opinion, and I'm going to give it over to Rich.
2: Yeah, last I, I don't disagree with John. We were saying the same thing last night on that. Um, he was having a career game. I think he ran for over 100. Seventy some yards. I, mean, he, I, I just would, I would do the same. I would try and get him uh, on some kind of rollout or boot, and give him some room to try and make a play or make a throw, and try and pick up that first down. But you know, it's a tough call. You can always second guess it. But uh, watching that kid play quarterback last night, he is a tough kid, very competitive kid. And they're going to win a lot of football games. This year, yeah, I sure. agree. I
0: I don't think that they're out of the of the race for the for the conference championship in any way. They just have to. Guys like Trace McSorley, they got to go. Okay, listen, we're going to do this. This is not something that we're going to put behind us. We're going to go ahead here and do this. And somebody, Michigan, somebody will beat these Bucks, and it'll put us in a position where we. Get to get the choice. So uh, I, uh, I, I think uh, James Franklin will do a great job really lifting that team spirits and, and yeah, it's, we've done this before. We've lost Ohio state last year. Same damn way. Well, let's not forget two years ago.
3: Uh, they came into Michigan early in the season and uh, we put half a hundred on them and then they came back and won uh, the big 10 and went to the Rose bowl. So they certainly know how to rebound from this type of loss but uh, uh it's a tribute to their you know they got both two great programs and we got a great Big Ten East and there's going to be a lot of football still yet to be played
0: Well men do you guys want to look at that Stanford Notre mm-hmm. Dame game I think that Notre Dame team is very talented I mean they they just are growing up and I think they uh yeah, I think that they're they're going to be something. I liked O'Jerry Tillery as a player in high school, and I'm I'm watching him play college ball. And it's, I, we recruited him for the right reason. And he and I enjoyed each other very much. The bad news is, is uh, he wanted to be a Catholic, so I uh, it was very difficult for me to to overcome that uh, piece. But he's a wonderful man, a good student, um, and obviously he he played. Uh, very, very significant role playing uh, inside there, playing defensive tackle, and I mean he's six six, probably three hundred, in really pretty good shape. If you only would have had touchdown
3: Jesus there last year, might have been able
0: to could have could have get get a
3: commitment. Yeah.
0: Okay. On the recap of the Ole Miss uh, LSU game, uh, LSU just really played sound and solid. I don't think they were extremely, um, uh, emotional for the game. I think they just came in and took care of business, uh, defeated a, a, uh, a, uh, very average Ole Miss team, 45, 16. But, uh, Joe Barrow, uh, early on just took control of the game and, uh, really, uh, really played well. And, uh, are uh, they? They ran the ball well. They threw the ball well. Defensively, they they stymied them. Um, Joe Burrow was eighteen for twenty five, two hundred ninety two yards and three touchdowns. Um, nine Tigers caught balls. So now they went into the uh, to that game last in the conference in total offense. But in my opinion, it doesn't make any difference. It just makes sure that you're continue to improve. And this is a a real quality improvement day. Now, if we want to look at the next games that they have coming up, Florida at Florida is going to be a very interesting game to see if the, uh, the Florida team is, uh, improved because of Dan Mullen being the uh, head coach there. it will be interesting to see. I would guess that, uh, that we would, we would handle Florida. I would, I would bet against Florida. At Florida, in the swamp, I just don't think it's that imposing of a place to play. And uh, then, you, then Georgia. Now, you know something, John, and I think you probably said this to me, and I, I didn't quite hear it. I don't know that Georgia's got any offense at all. I mean, Jake Fromm is a good little quarterback, and but he doesn't, he doesn't hit every pass. And he doesn't run real well. He's okay, and their running backs. I don't like their running plays. I'm just telling you, I don't know that. I don't think that Georgia can beat LSU at LSU. And if you look at uh, um, Michigan or Mississippi State thereafter, Mississippi State's talented, but uh, you know what? I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. So I'm taking LSU. And the only team that I would pick in the next five weeks to give them any trouble would be Alabama. And I think Alabama, you know, obviously, is the best team physically um, as, as they go into that final stretch. So, uh, um, again, I think they just did, you know, Ole Miss is not the same Ole Miss that they've been and it didn't make any difference to LSU. They just throttled them. So, uh, and uh, and if you look at what would be a uh, – I, I really think that LSU has is got the the makings of a championship team. It'll be very interesting to see how they handle the Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama. That'll be the that'll be the key stretch for the Western Division championship.
3: Yeah, I think that the difference has been that development of Joe Burrow. I think he's uh, he's the difference maker, uh, and he just keeps getting better every week. Uh, obviously, the is ta- a lot of talent, uh, a lot of talented athletes at, at LSU defensively and, and in the skill positions. And uh, I've been a little slow to, to jump on their bandwagon totally, but I, I, I'm getting I'm getting there now. I, I'm with you. I think. That they are going to have a hell of a run, and that the big question will be, uh, you know, Alabama. You know, but I, I think that they are certainly capable of beating, beating those other teams down the stretch, starting with Florida.
0: Yeah, I agree. the uh, The interesting thing is, is I think that the defense that LSU is going to put on the field is going to be the best defense in the country in the secondary. So if and Dan Mullen is, has always been a guy that, like, dual-threat quarterback. I don't know that they have that guy in, in place. So I really I, – I, I see him take, taking advantage of Florida. And uh, the uh, UGA, I just don't see him having the ability to really contend. So I'm, I'm like you. Mississippi State, I – again, playing – at home, no. Alabama at home is going to be a heck of a game. I, I, you know, it'll be a it'll be a fun one to watch. I think these Tigers, John, are are really improving week in and week out. Sure seems
3: that way, and uh, we'll find out here in the next month uh, how that plays out.
0: Well, I know there's some, a, a couple of voicemails over there for me. So, uh,
1: what do you got? Hey, Coach Miles, Jonah here, a huge fan. Uh, quick question for you. just want to know who had the best home-cooked meal on a recruiting visit and who made the best gumbo. Thanks for all the memories. Go us
0: See, the best meal. I, uh, I'm going to have to give that. It's a tight race, too, because uh, there was a number of parents that provided a tremendous uh, meal for us, but there was a spectacular meatball in spaghetti, that was put together by Daryl Williams and his family, and uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, that that's my uh, all-time, uh, all-time meal.
3: Hey, Les, uh, this is Ron. I have a question for you, and that is, why haven't you gotten another coaching team? Thank you. Go Tiger.
0: Well, there just hasn't been the uh, the match. It's uh, it's an opportunity to look around, and and hopefully there'll be a uh, athletic director and president there that would like to introduce Les Miles to their football team. If that's the case, uh, I, would, I would certainly uh, entertain that uh, that conversation. But uh, um, right now, um, we're uh, enjoying delivering a podcast and uh and reviewing any real legitimate opportunities
2: hi coach this is adam in brooklyn new york i'm a big fan of your show and i hope you never stop doing it my question to you is uh in in this past century we've seen so many seismic changes in the sport of football face masks booming offense the end of the platoon system uh things that have greatly changed the game seemingly overnight at times what in your opinion do you see 20 years from now what what seismic change in the game of football will we see that we can't we can hardly imagine now? Can't wait to hear your answer. Big fan. Go Tigers!
0: Wow, that's a that's a real interesting uh, piece there. If you if you looked at the, the style of player, you know, as you, as you as you you know, in the early 1900s out till now, what's happened is is they've gotten taller. Longer and faster, and uh, I think you could you could look forward to guys that uh, that uh, had stronger, leaner, even some basketball-style bodies. Um, you know, coming into college football and pro football and being a uh, a uh, a significantly different view when you watch that game, watching it with great speed great height, great spectacular catches, I think that continues. I think that that is the artistic and the most creative view of football that we could get to and I think that that's, I think that is a comfortable place to to guess that this football game will continue to be athletic and give a reach and a length to it that is It'll be fun to watch.
2: Hi, Les. My name is Casey, proud Oklahoma State graduate. I would love to know what it is
1: that you did
2: to motivate your team to beat those darn Sooners so many times while you were the head coach and why we're just not able to accomplish that now. Look forward to hearing your comments. Thanks, Les. Go folks.
0: Well, I don't know, because I, I enjoy the uh, staff that's with those uh, with those Oklahoma State Cowboys. I, I like Mike Gundy. He was on my staff when we got there. Um, Josh Henson coached uh, with us there and also played uh, at Oklahoma State. So I know this, that those guys believe that they can beat Oklahoma. And I know that those guys put a game plan together with the idea that they can't wait to take the field. And get after their behinds. So, um, I I think they have it. I just think it needs to. You just need to see it a little bit more. I think their 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 time to win is uh, really uh, it's it's due. And and I think uh, I think Mike and uh, and that staff be ready and and up for the challenge. In the Big Twelve. Uh, let's let's look at that uh, Texas Oklahoma the Red River rival rivalry. They uh, they're playing in the old Cotton Bowl. I've played in that game in that uh, facility. It's a uh, it's a great place to play. I'm going to go with Boomer Sooner.
3: Uh, that offense. Um, I know Texas is getting better. They've been getting better each week. But I think at Oklahoma, uh, I believe that's going to be a. Uh, Uh, a big win for them. I think that they're, they're uh, too explosive offensively. And I think that they're going to, they're going to beat Texas.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I agree completely. I, uh, the uh, Kyler Murray, 1400 yards throwing 17 touchdowns. I like the way they play defense. They are physical. They, uh, they have some special athletes like Texas the difference in Oklahoma and Texas is is Oklahoma expects to win. They're going to work hard. They're going to bust their tail. The culture's in place, and when they take the field, they're going to get after it. So I uh, I, I like Oklahoma too. Auburn at Mississippi State. How bells will be be rang at uh, Mississippi State? It sounds. It gives you a headache. Just shake those shake those bells. Shake. Them. Stark Davis. Stark Vegas will yeah. be rocking. Yeah. So pick you, pick you one there, Wangler.
3: I am going to go with Auburn. Is as, as crazy as that atmosphere is going to be. Uh, I'm going to go with Auburn. Uh, I just got a feeling. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I know it's a crucial game for both teams. But I think they're going to they're going to get them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I've enjoyed Nick Fitzgerald um, kind of. Enjoyed who he is and how he's com- competed. I think Jarrett Stidham has not stepped forward, made some big plays. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, Nick Fitzgerald's Mississippi State Bulldogs. Ruff, ruff. And uh, <laughs> and now the uh, a uh, kind of a primetime matchup will be LSU at Florida. I can tell you that the swamp is hype and and not so loud. It's a, uh, it's a nice place to play. It's not uh, an impending disaster. You can't, everybody can operate there. It's uh, so I just figured I'd give you that John, because I know when you pick first, you'd like to have all the information. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. I think LSU is going to go, go down there and beat them. Um, You know, Mullins going to do a good job there. I think it's going to take him a little while. I think LSU's got some momentum. Obviously, we talked about, you know, Joe Barrow and uh, how he's playing and, and the, those athletes they have defensively and the fact that he's spreading the ball around to all these receivers. Uh, I just think LSU's got too many athletes. They're starting to gain some momentum. They're starting to get uh, a, a squagger and, and confidence. Uh, I, I see them... Uh, going down there and handling their business this year
0: yeah I think I'm I don't think there's any question I can I can pick uh, LSU comfortably there I uh, I think that you that you when you handicapped the game John you talked about Joe Barrow I think that's the whole deal I think the idea that they can because they have receivers that can catch it and they have a quarterback that can throw it in and pass rush Will they'll be able to to, to, to uh, give that to, to give Joe some time? I uh, I'm uh, I'm picking uh, LSU as well. Kentucky at Texas A&M, John. It's going to be a heck of a game. I I can tell you this: the uh, Texas A&M team is physical and can throw it and run it, and uh, the Kentucky team is maybe most physical. So.
3: That is going to be an interesting game. And, and uh, I don't know. Kentucky's on a roll. They're believing in themselves. And, uh, you know, but to go to A&M, this is a close call. This is a very close call. I mean, I believe in, in what's going on with Jimbo Fisher down there at A&M. And uh, I'm going to go with A&M because of the home field advantage. Uh, but I don't think it's a slam dunk at all. And I I would not be surprised to see the Wildcats go in there and and pull off a huge win because they are they got something special going on down there and I think you know each week they're gaining momentum and they're believing more so I wouldn't be surprised but I'm going to go with A and M in a very close hard fought game.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, John. I'm 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 A and M, and the uh, they have an injury at left tackle. The uh, the uh, Kentucky team does. I think there's a uh, a lot of uh, riding with that left tackle in Kentucky. If they uh, if they don't if they can't protect that quarterback, it's going to be an issue. I am also picking Jimbo Fisher's Texas A and M and hope that uh, a number forty nine gets in the game. Thanks for being a part of this uh, this episode, John and uh, Rich Hewlett, uh, great friend, uh, Michigan man. Uh, joined us, and I, uh, how enjoyable it was! Glad you were a part there, uh, Richard. And uh, yeah,
2: thank you. A lot. Yeah. Great to get uh, get a chance to talk
0: with you. Well, it's uh, anybody that's listening in. If you want a question, call in at eight three three less more. And uh, if you're looking for a place to pick up uh, our podcast, it would be at the Players Tribune. Uh, on iTunes or really any place that you would look for a uh, podcast. Uh, have a great week. Look forward to visiting with you next week. God bless. Have a great day. The Players Tribune.com